coming-of-age story. A summer we all have when you just get out of the mental asylum and you can't tell what's real anymore. Is that to my intro or the movie? Dude, I I swear to God, I felt like the opening lasted like an hour if there even was an opening. That's that 70s pacing. I might be bringing some hot takes, Jordan, but uh, this movie was difficult to stay awake (laughs) for. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's not necessarily good in terms of horror per se, but I, dude, I don't know. Maybe my like Gen Z brain is just too too smooth to kind of understand like it, like the horror in it. Beyond like, it's a psycho thriller in seventy one. Well, that's the main thing right there. Nineteen seventy one. Yeah, but like, dude, The Exorcist bunch of other like pretty solid movie like the hills have eyes i think 70s yeah so. i mean but this is even before those true so it's but... like it's still like budding part of this, this movie, movie has like shaped a lot of those kind of uh Which was... not like aesthetic but setting because it was a pretty movie yeah yeah i mean the Exorcist, I mean, it still holds up, but it was like the scariest thing to ever come out. So it's hard to like, <laughs> yeah, compare this to the Exorcist. I know, but like, still, when this is like '71, I was like, oh shit! I kind of wanted to get my uh, set of standards in order, you know? Yeah, I mean, but it maybe is crazy. That, that's just unjust to me, though. No, no, it, I guess you're right. I mean, I was thinking '61 versus. I mean, '71. You're right. I mean, it's definitely. It's pretty, it's still it's slow paced even for that. I do love that 70s pacing, even though this would be closer to like almost 60s since it was shot in the 70s. It's really like 60s. Oh, I think my word got, it's like 60s style. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. This was also like backed by Paramount, right? Paramount Pictures? Um, Yeah, I think they bought it after the fact, like for okay. release. Because this movie, like it feels like a really big movie for the 70s just how everything looked and i don't know it seemed like a movie that had a lot of like promise to it but it feels very culty like cult classic yeah i think it has come after the fact especially like once people like told about their influence but i mean yeah Mm. it is really early on but you've also taken effect um Yeah, I mean, once you throw the Exorcist in there in 1973, it just kind of <laughs> throw a wrench in all of it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, was this? For, did you watch this for free, or did you also have to rent it on like Amazon or YouTube? Yeah, I rented. I didn't see anywhere for free. Yeah, neither did I. So I, I rented it off my iconic YouTube, 
which it was only what an hour and 28 minutes long yeah so dude i don't know why i just i checked the clock at 18 minutes in and i was like fuck i still have like another an hour and 20 minutes left and that's like when they just got to the house this is one you got no one is from the 70s though you really gotta like submit yourself to and like Buckle down be in the experience because dude there's some generally like creepy stuff in it for sure i at least thought so the music was surprisingly really good it was at amazing. times yeah like the cello was it the cello that they were using for like most of the like kind of creepy bass effects for like music well i know it gets credit for being one of the first horror films to have a lot of synthesizer in it too yeah, because it was like a cello and like synthy. There was even weird. like a Halloween. Um, there, there you fucking go again with that Halloween yeah. reference, dude. But it, no, I agree with you on that one, though, 100%. It definitely had a lot of like Halloween-esque beats to it. Well, the movie, of course, is called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Um, it, the original script title was It Drinks Hippie Blood. <laughs> that sounds like a tagline. And the working title was What Killed Sam Dorker? You know who Sam Dorker is? Isn't that the like husband of the Bro, or is that like a real person? There's three characters, man. How did you not know who that is? Sam, Sam Dorker, that's the uh antiques dealer. <laughs> Pivotal. Oh yeah, I mean I guess so since he dies and then like just gets deleted. I mean, that's when the beat drops, dude. Shit, you know, my bad. When the antique dealer. This movie, when did, uh, oh no, now I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna faff hard about, um, when did Society come out? That was like 80. Oh, bro, come on. Yeah, that's, that's, is that 90? That's way after, dude. You still gotta give credit. 71 is so. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying this totally, like, this inspired a lot of other movies. Well, going with one person I did see that cites it as like I think his favorite horror movie, um, was Stephen King, and I've can foresee really? for sure see that. Yeah, makes a lot I of mean, sense. Yeah, like in hindsight, this movie was for me at least difficult to go through, but I could totally see a lot of like the beats that would inspire movies ahead of its time, like after the fact. Like it definitely had like I think mood is a really good word to describe like. The kind of, I guess, like element that's heavy in this movie is like weirdly chilling and kind of like what society is like built. Like, there's a lot of suspense because you're like, okay, what's going on here? But I feel like for me, I kind of hopped boat like after like 40 minutes. I'm just like, fuck, I already know it's like the redhead. Like, what what's going on here? Like, is this no, a cult or like? I don't think. I think what it gets a lot of credit for is not explaining it. And it's like very psychedelic. Um, I saw mm-hmm. people like drawing like references, like David Lynch style, like, cause they don't explain a lot even after like, I wouldn't even say there's like a cut and dry. There's, there's not like a, this is what was going on. The kind of thing. It's very like psychedelic. and just making you question like unreliable narrator and she's hearing mm-hmm. voices and she just got out of the psych ward. So you never really actually figure out what's going on, which I think is pretty cool. They make the whole thing like trippy and confusing on purpose. I love the poster for this, though. 
Oh yeah, the cover, the one that's like uh, it looks to be hand drawn, sort of, or like a photo cutout, like makeshift poster a little bit. Oh yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah, like I I I made the mistake of looking at that first, and then going into the movie blind. Because the entire time I'm like, okay, wait, so is this gonna like, you know, have like a boat scene or something? Like I've been kind of waiting like <laughs> an hour into the movie for like, because we see it in the very beginning. Which I thought was dope, how it kind of like goes all the way back through the flashback is like in a full lapse. Very Friday the thirteenth with the boat by herself at the end. Oh yeah, I, I mean I didn't I didn't want to say it because I I was kind of faffing, being like, bro, this is like fucking society, bro. Yeah, but all those movies came after this. <laughs> so oh, I know, like, yeah. Um, it's just it's weird how this is the progenitor, and I I feel bad not really clicking with it. I mean, I almost feel like. I would have to see when Salem's Lot was written. But, because that's one thing that threw me for a loop, is I didn't realize it was vampires. That's a big spoiler. Lot? No, this movie is actually supposed to be vampires. I don't know if that's confirmed by really? the people who made the movie, but that's what how people talk about it. And Salem's Lot is like small town, vampires taking people, and people are, are like turning. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so that, now it okay. may, it does make sense though, because that's why that one girl was in the coffin, and like they're all turned and they have the marks, but they just don't explicitly oh, say it. Mm-hmm. So, which is like, oh, duh, because we're used to seeing like uh, you know two dots in the neck or something. Yeah, I was thinking it was some kind of weird like pet cemetery esque like cult where it's like, yeah, she'll kill you and then you like get brought back as like. Some kind of servant or just cult member, but that's what like, a vampire is. <laughs> we, oh yeah, I no, just didn't yeah, put it pretty together. much. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it may, yeah, it makes sense. That that's definitely a lot cooler hearing it now, kind of being like blatantly thrown on top of the table for me. In terms of like, yeah, it's kind of like this, or at least that's what a lot of people say it is. I think that's one of the coolest parts of this movie is that it doesn't have like a specific thing it's trying to do or tell you. Like it's just kind of like. Mm-hmm. And it's just odd. Like, there's some creepy stuff going on. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know, man. It's not the movie's fault, but definitely I feel like a big weakness of mine for movies like this is just if the opening doesn't feel, like, conclusive, like, where you can't tell when the opening's over and it's like, okay, now to the movie. Yeah, but that's the 70s, kinda, though. They're not really... It, is, yeah, well... I would I, say yeah, more. I, I was 60s. about to fucking pull a stupid one and be like, well, The Exorcist's opening's pretty cool. Yeah. But I also kind of like, yeah, I mean, that, that's really kind of. And considering this movie, it's not even a 70s. It's more, it's a 60s movie. 60s, yeah. And that's what people, I don't, again, I don't know how true it is, but people draw, like, there's like references to like the death of the hippie movement. He's even going to be called, um, it drinks hippie blood. So, and there's like driving the hearse in the beginning, it has like love written mm-hmm. on it. So it's like the death of the hippie movement. But like, there's, I feel like most movies, Unless it was like a very tight, polished thing, or all they're just like meandering um, from that time frame, which I love it though. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing. But in the seventies, does that too, very slow paced. Um, but then you do just have some bangers mixed in there. That's why it's crazy. It makes those <laughs> bangers even crazier. True. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. I got some uh, 
tagline. Well, I'll tell you, the release date was, yeah, uh, August 1971. I guess fake plastic vampire fangs were given to patrons at some cinemas in promotion of the film. And a horse-drawn hearse and coffins were parked in front of Manhattan's Criterion Theater during the film's opening week. Um, during its opening week of August to September 1st at the Criterion, the film grossed a total of $47,000. <laughs> so I don't know if that's No, I mean, the 70s, that might be pretty... 47000 though, for the whole week? Oh, that's just at the Criterion. Okay. So I, it, I actually did pretty well with it. <laughs> um, runtime, like he says, about hour 29. Mm-hmm. Tagline is something is after Jessica, something very cold, very wet, hey, and very dead. Fuck, <laughs> and also leave your insanity at the door. Whoa, that's kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a little synopsis. <laughs> this one's actually yeah, a long what, synopsis. What goes down? But hopefully, it'll give some context. All right. Most people aren't gonna probably aren't gonna go out of their way to watch it. Um, after a stint in a psych ward, can I see this, dude? My uh, notes are freaking out. It's actually really oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. After a stint in a psychiatric facility, Jessica, her husband, and her friend moved to a remote farm that they have re- recently purchased. There they find a young woman by the name of Emily living in the house, and they invite her to stay. Which that's a wild decision, but yeah, uh, that's fucking bonkers, dude. I mean, holy shit, dude, seventies, right? A hundred percent, at least sixties, <laughs> one thousand percent. Not even a far fetch at all. Like that yeah, commune that shit just lifestyle back then, you know? Yeah, they're like totally like yeah. Uh, but yeah, when Jessica goes for a swim in the lake, she sees a body just below the water surface. When they go into the village to sell some old furniture, they learn that a woman by the name of Abigail Bishop drowned in the lake and her body was never found. Local folklore has that Abigail is now a vampire roaming the countryside. A mute blonde girl leads her to the body of a dead man, but the body is not there when Jessica goes for help. Jessica and those around begin to wonder if she is losing her mind. That makes it way more um, like crystal clear yeah yeah going down yeah for sure definitely i mean like dude i feel like you're almost reading a different movie from what i watched and like granted that was probably me like clocking in and out like between like focusing which i i tried my best dude but it it was kind of difficult for me because some of like at least i don't know if you thought the same in the opening like some of the audio clips were jarring and I, I know i know 70s but like the adr was like kind of rough because there's a lot of white noise so like oh, when they really? would cut off like lines, it would literally kind of go like, "Yeah, that's fine with us." Yeah, you're cool. Like it would just really? cut so yeah, just so like harsh. Oh, I didn't even and, notice. Like, I know there are some ADR. Oh my gosh, goofs in this uh, movie, but I didn't notice them. I was just too absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> I was in that '70s vibe, you know. I really was, but I don't know why. I just have a weird um, fascination. Yeah, but not specifically that time. Like, I just love older movies. Um, I don't know why. I didn't always. But it's more like a you really feel like if it's old enough, and I think this definitely counts, any of the 70s, honestly, 
80s now too like if it's old enough that it looks so much different and people are acting so much different and the style is completely different like you feel like you're kind of there even though obviously they're acting and stuff you feel like you're actually like experiencing a different time it's pretty cool no absolutely yeah that that's a really good way because like a lot some movies do that to me too where i feel immersed in that like time frame of like when this first came out yeah some movies do it well that are modern mm -hmm. but it's not the same as if you're literally it was shot then everybody's dressed like that talking like that looks like that and maybe that's just like a thing too growing up with all of like the bangers and stuff that because those feel so timeless is that when you like see other smaller movies that are like just more often or like the a similar quality as others as opposed to like the big greats like it's a little bit more it's a better experience to kind of feel that same vibe or like that same level of immersion of like yeah this is like the se- like this is a 70s movie like That's you kind crazy. of feel like you're there that's so, true because I think the Exorcist Halloween, those are just the two ones that off the top of my mm-hmm. head, huge ones from the seventies. They do feel like timeless, like Yeah, you know it's an older movie, but it's it's not like so drastic. Like with the remasters and stuff too, it could easily be modern. Maybe the hairstyle's a little different, but it, it is timeless. It's kinda crazy. Kind of like weirdly enough, you feel nostalgia for something you technically wouldn't have nostalgia for. I mean, I mean, that's kind of a broad way of saying it, but more so I'm saying like when you look back at a movie like Halloween, you're like, damn, I remember watching that growing up, but that even came out like years before you were around. Right. So it's just kind of crazy that like it could feel like something you grew up along with as opposed to no, it was already there. People grew up with it. You just so happened to grow up to it. Right. Oh, for sure. And I think that's a big part of why this movie is kind of a cold classic because of people that were, well, I guess Stephen King wasn't that young when this came out, but people who were younger, you know, this was probably their first taste of horror and it like scared the living shit out of them. So that helps. I mean, too. that soundtrack could like they that, that was a spooky ass soundtrack. That's like one of the big things I do like about this movie. Oh, amazing. I was like, Holy shit. This is awesome. <laughs> it felt that kind of felt timeless a little bit. Cause like, I swear, I, I feel like I hear that like similar level of like ambiance in movies now, or even like, a little bit of that I can hear from like the editor or like some Damien Leone movies, maybe. Actually, yeah, Terrifier, I feel like had like a lot of synthesizer music, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember Terrifier specifically, but that is still a huge thing now. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's cool to see it like actually in action. I don't like, oh, I was gonna say, I can't even think of one that would do this before this, but this actually gets credit as being like the first if not just one of the first to even use it in the first place that's really cool i wonder what kind of inspired him to do something like that the director yeah i don't know um well let's walk on these bitches prime time yeah it's about time they earned it this is it Jennifer. your big breaking tv welcome to prime time bitch So they do have the budget listed at two hundred fifty thousand. Wow, which is probably like a million nowadays. That that feels about right, especially. Well, did Paramount buy the rights to this after it released, or? I think so. 
I think that's how like pretty much most movies worked back then. Damn. Okay, so they were. That's kind of almost like or at least most of the horror movies. Because you need like distributor rights and all that. Then you had to like sell it to theaters too. Like you wouldn't just automatically go in. It wasn't like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's only AMC and Regal. You'd have to have like these like broker guys that had theaters and they're like selling it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't have the gross, but judging how they just did 50 K just to that one theater in one week. I'm going to assume they made back their money plus. Uh, The movie was filmed over a period of 26 days in the fall of 1970 in various towns in Connecticut. The whole movie takes place in Connecticut. I couldn't tell. I don't know if they ever mentioned it. Huh. I don't know why. I was thinking this movie was like more so set in like Minnesota. (laughs) Minnesota? Yeah, I don't know. Am I thinking of the right kind of state? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It just felt like a weird kind of like. I. I don't it know. It felt kind of like Maine. It felt like a Stephen King, place. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Know. I just saw a lot of forest and like a bunch of hills, and I'm just like, you know what? Minnesota sounds like it'd be a place like that. Oh. I don't know, but like, I feel like now if I'm gonna look up pictures of Minnesota, it's gonna be a really flat area. So I got the writers is John D. Hancock. Lee Kalchheim, I don't know. So this is listed on the IMDb. Sheridan Le Fanu, who wrote the story Carmilla. I don't know if someone else put that in there. Or if they actually had to like give credit to it, because apparently the story is very similar to that. But it's not like confirmed. So I don't know. like Because I think, is IMDb like Wikipedia where anybody can submit it? Uh... I do. Yeah, I don't know. You're asking the wrong person on that. I would assume maybe you have to have a little bit of certification on IMDb as opposed to Wikipedia. Well, according to Lee Kalchheim, one of those writers, he said the original script for the film was far different from the completed film. He was hired by producer Charles B. Moss. Uh, Kalchheim's original screenplay that was entitled It Drinks Hippie Blood followed a group of hippies camping on a cove who are attacked by a creature that lives in the water. Kalchheim described his screenplay as a satire. And then Hancock turned the screw, so to speak, making it a serious, darker theme. The simplicity of the film worked perfectly to create a scary mood. And then Hancock agreed to direct the film only as long as he was allowed to redraft the screenplay and then like completely rework the script and tone and content. And then retained certain, he retained the mute girl. And that he retained the seance, which was super random. (laughs) I forgot about that until I just read that. Seance. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That I feel like, I don't know if it was purposely meant to throw people off, but I thought it was going to be like, instead of a vampire, she was going to be like some kind of spirit. Yeah. Cause then they threw in the Candyman story too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right like the slave that was like the son of a king that bought his own freedom I was yeah. like oh shit we're going candy man with this and, the, and then the pictures on the wall or like the drawings mm. that was like a big thing that like there's a lot of red herring 
it was kind of a weird yeah and just like i mean it makes sense in hindsight too when like it's kind of when you told me that yeah no it's like a lot of people like uh contrive like vampire themes to this like it's a vampire and like you have all these tombstones and stuff like that but that's just a weird ass hobby from getting out of a mental asylum like scribing or that's not scribing. What is it called when you put like a very thin sheet of paper on something and you kind of sketch the like outline of it? So you, huh? She traced that? Not like traced, but more so like, you know what I'm talking about when like uh, you take like some kind of uh, like you could do like a crayon or like chalk and then you start like not scri- I want to say scribing, but like you start just like uh etching out the outline and so when it translates on paper it's kind of like a one-to-one i thought that was just a drawing though no it's like she she uh put down like a thin sheet of paper like really thin and she would like press down on it so it would like soak up and print the chisel of the tombstone oh those were from the tombstone yeah Oh, okay. Because remember in the opening, that's what she was doing. She was patting down like a random tombstone. Oh. But I, I don't know what that's called, though. Where like you, you put like a paper in between you and then you have like a some kind of chalk or any kind of like uh like charcoal is another one that's like really useful for that. And then you just start like pressing down the paper. So you mimic the shape and you pull it out. And you yeah, like, but why would that it. be haunted? It's not like all of those are red oh, areas. Yeah. The seance. The that thing. Whatever she's doing with those pictures, she's freaking out about. And that's why it's like unreliable narrator because you're like hearing from her head all the shit that doesn't really matter. But then actually yeah. something serious is going on. So it's weird because wasn't the vampire using like telepathy or some kind of like, uh, I guess telepathy is the word I, I don't was know. Was she though? Because she was also <laughs> hearing know. other stuff. Maybe True. maybe it was all telepathy because remember she was pouring that soup at dinner or whatever. She's like, it's blood, it's blood. Mm. Maybe that was all the other girl. Well, I thought that was a pork chop. Whatever it was. I don't know what it was. Wait, yeah. It's, I don't know. Also, speaking on counter red herrings, I said Minnesota, like Minnesota just like out of like left field, out of my left pocket, and I looked up images to see if I was looking like a clown, it does kind of look a lot like where they were at. Because it's very foresty, not so mountainous, but very hilly, and there's a lot of lakes. Well, yeah. But Minnesota's also a big city, too, though. Oh, yeah. there's. Well, I'm, I'm saying, dude, I mean, I got a bunch of fucking this felt rural. stock in Minnesota. This felt way more rural. I guess maybe a rural area. In Minnesota, Minnesota right? I guess. All right. But if you're just going off lakes, cover my bases on that, dude. I know we're on prime time right now, but I just had to make sure I didn't look like a total clown. You could pretty much find any state. You could find lakes and trees, if that's your criteria. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of lakes and trees there. Oh, Texas, shit, a lot like Texas. Uh, This was the directorial debut of John Hancock. He also was the one who signed his name, the largest on the. just about to constitution, say. Which, is it the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence? Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. And that's if he didn't direct this movie, we would have never had that saying, you know, give sign your John Hancock. So that is true. That's pretty big. Shout out. Uh, he didn't really do 
pretty much anything after this. He has some episodes of The Twilight Zone, some other movies I haven't heard of. Uh, a movie in 73 called Bang the Drum Slowly that had Robert De Niro in it. Yeah, dude, that was a baseball movie. Yeah, that was definitely his peak, though. <laughs> that movie, 73. I don't think anything else. There's a movie from 2020, a drama movie called The Girls of Summer. So He's still alive? He's still kicking. <laughs> uh, nice. The cinematographer is the same as Frankenhooker and Basket Case 2, though. Must be a friend of Frank Hennelotter's. So, no, talk your shit, dude. Go ahead. No, nah, I mean, yeah, that's what I thought. It's got a lot of friends in high places, man. And then the composer, the guy who's the synthesizer we were talking about, that's Orville Stober. Orville Stober? Stobenbacher. St- <laughs> Not going to walk into that trap, dude. <laughs> You're close. Yeah, I was. Um, the song sung by Costello's character was initially going to be dubbed by a professional singer, but Hancock and the producers decided to keep her voice as it was recorded. Which one was? Bro. Costello. Which one? She's Emily. Who is Emily? Dude. Doing the singing. That's the vampire. That's the little girl one? No. That's the no. That's the that's the chick that's hiding in the house before they move in. No, that's not Emily. Yeah. That is Emily. Oh, I'm tripping. Area. Okay, I'm tripping then. Wow, yeah. really, dude? Corbett, I swear. Yeah, Gretchen Corbett is the random little girl in the white dress. Okay, that makes sense. That's crazy because I thought 100% Marie Claire <laughs> Costello as Emily. Like I was. I thought she was actually in a Rob Zombie movie. I'm like, I know her, but no. She looks very familiar. Like she just looks very familiar. Yeah, but she's like not in anything. Yeah, there was Shadow of the Blair Witch, a TV movie in 2000. (laughs) So that's like it. That one kind of blew my mind. That she actually wasn't in anything. Um, you got Zora Lampere as Jessica. She won a primetime Emmy in 1975 for a supporting actress in Kojak. Um, she did an episode of the Alfred Hitchcock Hour in 1963 called A Tangled Web. And she was in Exorcist 3. And something called Sexual Secrets in 2014. That was the last <laughs> credit. <laughs> uh, Barton Heyman as Duncan, her uh, husband. Mm. He died in 96. But he's speaking of the exorcist, dude. He's Dr. Klein in the first and the exorcist. Apparently, he was almost cast as Bobby for the movie Deliverance. And yeah, they met with him and reassured him that he felt he was the right part, right for the part. Then the following week, due to the insistence of casting director Lynn Stallmaster, Borman scheduled a meeting with actor Ned Beatty, a friend of Ronnie Cox, whoever that is. And Borman was so impressed with Beatty that he chose him instead, much to the sadness of Haven. Uh, he was also on Raising Cain and The Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio, 1995, the year before he died. So, shout out. Kevin O'Connor as Woody. He died in 91 at 53. Um, didn't really do anything movie-wise. I'm sure he's a great guy. 
And then Gretchen Corbett as the girl. Uh, she was just in a movie I saw in theaters last year. She was in the Nick Cage movie Pig. As what? Nine. She's in Pig? I've yet yeah. to see Pig, too. You ain't missing out. I mean, unless <laughs> it's just not what I thought it was going to be. I think I mentioned it on the podcast before that where I thought it was John Wick with a pig. <laughs> and I should have known because the theater it played at is like a very artsy film society theater. But oh, I was like, I was like, oh, they got this. All right. And <laughs> it and it starts out like that. Like he just basically gets jumped, gets his pig stolen. You're like, oh, shit, he's about to turn up because he's so bent out of shape. And then yeah. it is like completely not that at all. It's actually like so dramatic and like it's a recovery story really is it's like a grief it's a fucking elevated horror but no it's just elevated no horror was it supposed to be marketed as like horror or just no no i thought it was i mean it's literally about him stealing a pig or his pig gets stolen (laughs) and like the poster and everything makes it look kind of about it oh he cries like a bitch dude bitchless cage pig though no, Nick Cage killed it, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. Couldn't handle it. It was too sad. You had to stop. You had to leave the movie theater. There's like random parts in it, though. I'm like, okay, now it's going to ramp up, though. There was like a fight club scene, like an underground fight club. And he was like one of the best fighters there. I'm like, okay, now here we go. Nope. Wait, so like his pig gets stolen and he has like this a little bit of a time skip. And then he's like this be- like the best fighter in an underground kind of club. Well, I don't want to. Spoil the whole movie, but like basically, yeah, he's living out in the boonies. This pig is his prized truffle pig, but he loves it. And like, mm-hmm. then he goes into the city and finds and out his wife died or something, and all he has left is the pig. I think a wife might have died. <laughs> all I know, he was like the shit though when he used to live in like Portland or whatever or Washington. It was he was like the shit, and you know, now he looks like a bum living in the middle of nowhere, but he was actually like an amazing chef like he was like the fucking man and then he like goes up there's like this like underground kitchen this guy runs a fight club and you think he's gonna fight him but he actually just lets the dude literally beat the shit out of him just to show that he's like not a bitch i guess i don't know this dude just whoops his ass he doesn't even fight back it's weird dude and then it just goes way down from there it's like so sad and like depressing and dramatic yeah i guess what i'll really spoil it he doesn't get the fucking pig the pig was dead the whole time oh i i thought the pig would have been dead yeah they would they cook him up make him into like bacon or pork chops or something or i hope at least that's something that would have been some conflict but you think you think nick is gonna like pull off an old boy or something just start like beating the shit out of people yeah it's a perfect setup like he yeah. has nothing but this pig, dude. A fucking pig He's a with beaten him. man. And then the person that like he thinks tipped him off that he ends up like kind of butting up with is this like shithead kid, probably a Gen Zer, who's like <laughs> just making mad money off this dude who's getting truffle from this pig, and he's like a shithead little punk. So it's just it's a perfect recipe for him to just go ape shit. And he doesn't. He doesn't deliver. I still love Nick the Cage. Ending? Is it like bittersweet or is it just all like downhill? Like sad? It's a real bummer, dude. I'll say that. <laughs> a real bummer. And yeah, I'm not even. <laughs> Watch it for yourself, dude. How about that? 
You tell uh, me what you, you think of it. Hooked. Like I'll be expecting some kind of like crazy fucking. No, like, at least you know movie. you might like it because you're going with better expectations. Because the whole time I'm going, okay, now here it comes. Here comes the turn. You you fuck with him the last time, dude. <laughs> he was one bad day away. Yeah, but now he was one bad day from cooking a great meal. <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah, Gretchen's in that. She was in like. 33 episodes of the Rockford Files in the 70s. Some episodes of... She's in three episodes of Portlandia. And then the only other horror credit I saw was a movie called Jaws of Satan in 1981. Damn, that sounds pretty good. Uh, it doesn't look at it. It has <laughs> some other legit good. actors, but it is bad. Like, the ratings is like a three <laughs> on IMDb. The only other interesting one was Alan Manson as your boy, Sam Dorker. <laughs> um, he was born in 1919 and died in 2002 yeah I saw that Alan Manson was a group of World War II soldiers selected to appear in Irvin Berlin's 1942 musical This is the Army um, he appeared in the broad Broadway show as called before he appeared I must have cut some out but he was called before the House Committee investigating communists in New York theater and he refused to answer any questions, but was later cleared. And because of that, he found little work as an actor for a few years after that. So he was like in the communist investigation. And he's a World War II fucking vet. That's a cool ass dude. But that's it. I mean, none of them really did anything. I mean, Barton Heyman being in The Exorcist as the doctor, that's pretty cool. But besides that, uh, let's talk about the Black Hats and Goblins. And bats and vampires. Black cats and goblins and of witches with all their hooks. You may think they scare me, they're probably right. Black cats and goblins on Halloween night. I mean, we can almost skip the opening because there's just nothing really significant. She's just going to a cemetery, etching in something on her paper, like etching in a, a tombstone, and then they just leave. And then they get called hippies, and they get to the house. Dirty fucking hippies. So were they, like, squatting in that house, or was it, like, a family thing? It looked like they were shitheads, like, that just squatted on a house they found and wanted to sell all the shit in it. Like, that's a real oh, scumbag yeah, move. I, I don't know, man. Well, they give the explanation, like, yeah, she just got out of the ward. Like, sure, she was gone for six months, came back last week, and we're just moving away from it all. And uh, I forgot um, Duncan was supposed to, he was uh, like a cello player or something, and like he wants to be a farmer now all of a sudden because he just doesn't like music. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're moving is... away from the city, from New York, I think. I would have crushed in the seventies though. This is a good time to be like balding and dad bod. Like you're oh, like, yeah, like women are throwing is that you? No, the Woody Woody's kind of packing though, man. No, Woody's got swag, but he's the cook, dude. He he's a little yeah, he's a little bit touchy with like literally women he meets day one. Yeah, he's got a hair trigger. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is they, that back in the seventies they could really appreciate the uh Fucking the art of the Sigma male. Yeah, that testosterone boost you get from balding. Because uh 
my boy had what? the most f- just fuck me up fam of all time <laughs> uh duncan holy shit that was the most but that was like the optimal kind of like haircut you could get as someone in that grind set of like buy a house sell everything in it yeah he's Hair like just that's day trading in the 70s <laughs> moving in the houses grabbing up all the antiques and selling them he's a fucking sigma male day trader dude <laughs> traveling merchant dude he, you know you think this is his first rodeo in connecticut just like yeah busting up in houses oh, selling their shit grabbing any bitch that lives there <laughs> grabbing any but, homeless yeah. bitch i see he yeah fucked up, man. it's so funny in mm-hmm. our regular context but i totally don't think that's crazy for 1970 1971 like that's not even weird that's fucking biz- dude i don't know i mean i I was never around then that's literally 30 years before my time 29 years yeah but i've watched so much stuff on that <laughs> especially when you look at like like i know hitchhiking was a very normal thing to do yeah it was just that i mean this is like the this is i would have liked them to go more on the hippie thing a little bit more because it's kind of interesting if they're making inferences to like the death of the hippie movement, because there's nothing like more depressing than like the end of the hippie movement. Cause everyone's like that, you know, commune free living, no one gives a shit. But then like, I don't know. You don't see enough about like the aftermath of that, of like everyone just like, the like once Holocaust. it's over. Yeah. Like the party's over now. And a lot of people have said that's why the 70s was so violent because the 70s was so bad. Yes, the 70s was so bad. So it could have been because of all that. Just Um, without direction. Party's over, dude. Um, Yeah, but that's the opening. I mean, what's what we're talking about? Like, what's the scare to like? I I guess just the ending really is where the things actually get scary. I don't know, dude. And I did think there was psychological whispers, but like, what? there's not real. one thing, huh? There's not one thing like a killer yeah. or anything, but like, I don't know. It was kind of off putting, dude. Like the second half of the movie, and it was weird. Like, I was kind of creepy. I don't know. Oh, I mean, definitely. Like, there was like tones of just dead ass creepy, but at the same time, I felt like the whispers and stuff and like her head and like the shit that she was like conjuring in her mind. Like it just sounded like some dude going like, just like mumble. Like it didn't sound like any coherent like words. It just sounded like some dude mumbling. Yeah, but that's part of the creepiness. I don't know, but I, maybe I'm just built different whenever like shit like that happens. I just want to like, instinctively i'm like what the fuck are you saying dude speak more clearly hello it was like little phrases it wasn't anything like significant yeah it's like just go with you i see you still i'm still here like weird stuff like that yeah like what does that even mean though too exactly (laughs) but that's why i liked it was because of like the weird psychedelic like aspect of it it was just like, and then the music coupled with it felt like really just like eerie. A lot the of moments it. when the music kicked in, like that, those were probably the highlights of this movie for me, at least. <laughs> True, because I yeah, like I I felt really engaged when the music would happen, and like 
but sometimes the music would kick in too for like scenes that were weird like when emily when they were all like eating dinner uh or no not dinner uh breakfast sorry or no 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 it was lunch because they were they were swimming out in the lake and then they all went back emily went back she's like i'm gonna cook some lunch did not trust that shit super sus then again though that's like seven blood sandwich yeah, like what the? F- I don't even know what the fuck they were eating. It was like tomato meat gunk. Oh, might have been a blood sandwich. Maybe, but like, Spooky. yeah, she cooked lunch, and everybody or no, Duncan was like, uh, something about well, gotta make money one way or another. He gets up, and then immediately, uh, I forgot the main. It's just only fans. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Jessica hook up the wire. Need to get Spreading your only his cheeks. They, like as soon as they got up, does a little close up on Emily. She drinks water, and then the music goes like, "Whoa, that was a weirdness, though." That's why. What I, was weird about that? She was drinking a fucking cup of water. No, the whole movie, like the tone, is like intentionally weird. I will say, more obvious, <laughs> creepy was like the the lake shit when Jessica was going. That whole thing with like Jessica going. That was good. And, like, swimming by herself, and you see the body right under you. Well, no, the girl's telling her to at first come with her. She's in the attic looking at those pictures. And I didn't realize until right before she said it, that was the first scene. I don't know if they didn't show close-ups before or something, where I was like, oh, that's her in the pictures. Oh, I yeah. When they were out in the back, uh, when they were loading the truck up, or the, what is it? The What's their car? Know. Oh, the hearse? The hearse, yeah. Sorry, I'm horrible with cars. Yeah, when they were loading up the hearse and everything. That's not a type of car. That's a funeral car. Yeah. It's not like a Volkswagen. <laughs> Bro, I didn't die yet, so how the fuck would I know what that is, you know? Yeah, true. You got Come on, bro, logic. Dude. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they they like did a close up of the picture and like, "Oh, do we really have to sell it?" And like clearly one for one, it's like, "Yeah, that's her. Her hair's just down. Like it's just straight down." Yeah, but everything from when she actually said, I didn't realize, maybe I just didn't look closely the first time, but then mm-hmm. like I saw her looking at it in the attic. First of all, they're all wearing long sleeves up there. I'm like, how are they not sweating balls? But then she's like, she says, this is you. And then like kind of confronts her on it. But then she like does her vampire mind tricks and has her come down a lake. And all that nope. stuff was just weird, dude. It's really creepy. And then she's like in the lake with her, but then she's gone. And she emerges out with like that dress. Yeah. That was that. cool. And then she just books it. And like I don't know, all that stuff I really liked. Yeah. Just, that and that's all at the end though, too. Yeah. Well, the second half is definitely better. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, well, there's not a whole lot of it. The technology mm-hmm. wasn't there yet, but we gotta talk about some of that corn syrup. Or maple syrup in Connecticut. Shit. I wonder if all this blood is just corn syrup, you know? Like these characters are walking around with just corn syrup in their veins, you know? Let's get a shot here. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh God, that's blood. Huge kill count. <laughs> if you, if we're talking technically. Two, right? <laughs> well, I got four. But, I mean, technically, if we're counting the whole town... Oh yeah, that's a that's mean, a fucked on. She got some body counts on her. But like, does she kill them or does she just like infect them? Well, I think that's the whole vampire thing is you die. Well, vampire lore is weird all around <laughs> cuz so many adaptations. 
True. Generally, but, though, they you die when you get bit. I mean, you're still alive, but you're not. But you're not. Yeah, because you become like an undead thrall to them. Wow. That's some D&D shit, dude. Is that the build of a... Dude, D&D vampires are cool as fuck. They take it a little bit different. They probably got it from this movie. No, no, because no. (laughs) Which came first? Uh, Uh, First uh, edition uh, uh, of D&D was like, I want to say maybe... It was after this, dude. Let me me check real quick. You want to put money on it, dude? First D&D was 80s, wasn't it? Or was that late 70s? All right, there we go, sir. I Probably had to turn my mic back up. Definitely, it wasn't before seventy-one or seventy was when this was shot. Let's see here, bro. Uh, and don't give me like, oh, it was based off this game that was created in the twenties. No, D and D, dude. Yeah, nineteen twenty is when it first came <laughs> out. Let me see here. Oh, hang on, I saw something. There was a question on Google saying, "How much did it cost back in nineteen seventy-four?" Okay, but regardless, yeah. I know for a fact it came out after seventy-one. All right, yeah. So you three years before it's time, dude. Yeah, maybe that's when they started drawing the pictures. When the actual yeah. book come out? Yeah, no, oh, nineteen seventy four. Wow. So that even solidifies my point that they fucking saw this movie and got to work. Nah, dude. Because no, you don't even know how are vampires in D and D, bro. I mean, they change it every edition, but I'm saying five e. It's pretty dope. Okay. Because oh. it's like how you become a vampire in 5e. It's like you die. Sounds like But a you get joke. reincarnated into like an evil version of yourself. So it's like you're yourself, but you're a reincarnation. So it's like you're different. You're evil. I mean, that's not that. I, don't even, I guess that's different. Yeah. Well, because also normally it's, it's like just you become back. a vampire. It's like there's multiple different high, like there's a hierarchy. There's like true blood vampires which are like genuinely like ancestors of the ancient vampire they choose who they want to turn into like demi vampires or oh, those Nazis the Nazi vampires yeah pretty much blood dude. Shit. oh dude what's that one fucking movie actually you just reminded me it's not like vampires it's more zombies oh what's that movie what's really the difference dude I'd rather be a zombie than you don't have to subs- like sub- sustain off blood yeah, but zombies kind of, they smell like fucking eggs, dude. You never met one. <laughs> fucking talking to one, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm a <laughs> but, fucking zombie head, a Rob zombie head. Whoo! <laughs> so waiting for it, dude. I was dropping the dropping the fucking setup for you. You chatted it in, I read it. I got it. <laughs> That's fucking, dude, we're fucking hitting on all cylinders. Fuck yeah. Well, let so me read off this crazy the, kill yeah, count. Yeah, what were the four kills? I, I'm actually kind of confused because I could have sworn I thought there was like only two physical kills. Well, there was the... Your boy Dorker. Yeah, he bit the dust first. Big dong Dorker. Huge <laughs> Dorker on that boy. Um, The young girl that saw the antique killer got killed. She got her knife slit. She was in a coffin. Her knife slit? Her knife slit. <laughs> wait, wait, who? I actually am drawing a blank. Her who? throat slit. Remember when Jessica was running down the stairs and that girl like pops out of the coffin and her throat is slit? But I guess bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about her. Jesus. See, I was thinking all of these were because there's not that established vampire lore like I was talking about with like the bite yeah. marks. So they all just have slash marks on their neck. I'm thinking <laughs> she's just a fucking next 
or yeah, Nick Slitton just gangbanger dude. I thought <laughs> yeah. she was, you know, bro, she had that fucking prison right mindset, stars, bro. <laughs> fucking cross her in any which way, she's cutting that neck. <laughs> but that makes more sense because I'm like, dude, that dude died just from that. It, like, had a scar on his neck. I'm like. Oh, dude! I wanted to say too, like one on first watch, and frankly, only watch. Uh, when the fucking dude like was like when they found him dead in the lake, and his body was just chilling there, and then it cuts to the same exact shot, but his body's just gone. They they had no like scene in between, so you just see his body lying on the lake, and then he fucking like vanishes. What's that magic? A vampire? Is that magic? I dude, that's the first little inkling in my head where I'm like, oh, this is 100% a vampire movie, dude. Wait, so you did think that before we talked? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. I thought this is way more kind of like a ghost spirit cult kind of like thing. Um, Yeah, I don't. In retrospect, I don't know how I didn't realize it was vampires. Because oh, I had yeah, all the it pieces. It sounds so like in your face when you hear it. Like, yeah, it's just vampires. Like, oh my God, that makes so much more sense. Because like, I mean, the whole walking in sunlight. I almost like it though because yeah, well that part. But um, well, it's like it's like Twilight lore where it's like, oh, it's foggy, so they don't burn. No, they didn't mention any of that. I just don't think no, it applies. I know, but it, like the whole like the like the setting was just very foggy, cloudy, dark. Well, I got a tidbit for that on you, but no, they were in broad daylight. Oh yeah, no, I- <laughs> plenty of time. They just didn't have that part. I kind of like it though because if you had that movie, almost every every vampire movie you have to have like the characters try to figure out what it is or read books and be like oh this is some like what's going on here they're like investigating the townspeople that's weird that they're doing that but like this is so much more subtle like you just get weird insinuations like when they when uh duncan i think goes back by himself to like the chicken farm place market yeah uh, jessica goes with her or goes with him no, just that one time he goes by himself and like all the people walk in with him. Like they all get up, they like look at him and they all just walk oh. in with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So like there's just weird things like that. Like, yeah, they're all in on it, but it's not like they're not investigating the townsfolk. They're not like trying to figure out what's going on. It's just like you're really only seeing it from Jessica's perspective and she's fucking gone because she's insane and they're all telling her she's insane. So I I like that. It's like nothing is explained. It's actually pretty cool. Pretty nifty. Pretty rare too. Yeah, it's yeah, because maybe it's just those red herrings that also helped out a lot with like that ghost paranormal kind of shit. Because definitely like you can totally see from the very beginning like how uh Jessica thought that like Duncan kind of already fell in love with Emily. And that's just kind of like the whole like uh vampire seductress. Yeah, vampires. Exactly. Taking over that dude's lust. But what he dude, he was simping hard and he didn't get it until like after Duncan got it. Did he? Cause remember Jessica and him had a fight in bed and then he went downstairs, slept on the chair. Yeah, but he never out. banged, dude. Well, you don't know that. It cuts away, it goes straight to morning, dude. Does it? Yeah. I mean, it probably didn't happen, but for Woody? implications there, she oh. had a knife. No, for Duncan. No, I'm talking about Woody. Yeah, no, I'm saying that Duncan got some, though, before Woody. I know. I don't think Woody got any. Yeah, I mean. Because that's when all that shit goes down, right? True. I think at that point, he's already gone, right? Yeah, friend zoned. 
by a vampire. Fuck. That's embarrassing. That is a little bit embarrassing. Well, Woody, of course, he got fucking kill- KIA killed in action on that tractor. <laughs> um, And then Jessica kills Duncan. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that ever killed him. We don't know, dude. Yeah. She stuck that giant hook through him. Maybe oh. he never got vampirized. It's a knife. Just no. a blicky. No, it was like a giant hook thing. Oh, you're talking about what Jessica did to him? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about what Emily did to Duncan to turn did, him. Did he get it? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he got the, the little neck slash. But also, dude, the fucking... The, was it a mouse or a mole? Because they called it a mole. Little little tiny oh, guy. Oh, that's a whole thing. Car? Well... That, that's the blicky, bro. He... Yo. My boy got clapped. I'm gonna... I have some uh, tidbits about that, but you still have to pick a favorite kill, though, before we get to that. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean... Dude, I think there's literally only one on... No, sorry. Two on-screen kills, right? The girl? Yeah. Uh, in the little shop, and then Duncan... I'd probably go with Duncan just because I guess that's the whole scene where you see on the poster cover of like the hands grabbing the side of the boat. And just honestly, that kill's probably going to be my favorite because it then like goes into the very beginning of the movie. So it's just kind of a cool like True. place in the movie. I like Dorker just because the whole scene was weird as shit. After that, after the see the body like they just missed it basically and everything after that is like really weird with that girl running away the one that also gets turned yeah the mute chick Mm -hmm. yeah um that's you know what what was also a big red herring for me was the name of the movie the whole time i'm thinking oh they're playing a prank on her yeah same so i'm like well this all fits into the elaborate so that's why I didn't think there was any magical stuff going on. I thought they were all literally just fucking with her. So that didn't happen either. That was in the back of my head, though, too, where I'm like, okay, like everybody has like neck scars, like the whole town's playing a prank. I think the movie would be a little bit more fun. Well, it would have been a different movie, apparently, what the script was written, but mm-hmm. it feeds on hippie blood is just an awesome name, or let's scare Jessica to death doesn't really apply at all. It's, they're both unique names, though. <laughs> They're both unique title. Yeah. So I'll give you some of these little deep cuts. This one actually talks about something you already brought up. The first night, the film crew arrived to the farmhouse location. An eerie fog rolled into the area. And they quickly made use of this by shooting the outside of the house as it happened. And that footage was used for transitions throughout the film. Boom. That's why there's fog. Yeah. Um, the house used for the exteriors of the Bishop House in the film still stands in Old Saybrook, Connecticut. Since the film's release in 1971, however, the house has been repainted and it now has a widow's walk on the roof. Um, the E.E. E. Dickinson Mansion in Essex, Connecticut was the house Yo. used for the interior scenes. Um, Orville Stober, the music composer, taught Mary Claire Costello, played Emily, the song Stay Forever in his apartment during the making of the film. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, you know, I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the hearse used in the film was also used to transport the actors to the different filming locations. It is a 1963 Cadillac funeral coach 
with a body by Miller Meteor. Cadillac would provide the chassis and drivetrain of their Series 75 automobile to various coach builders who would fashion bodies for ambulances, hearses, limousines. Um, the antiques dealer explains to Jessica, Jessica that the lampshade style is known as Malefiori, which means flowers of evil in Italian. The correct mm-hmm. name is Mele Fiori, which means 1,000 flowers in Italian. Um, this had definitely Giallo vibes, for sure. This movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely when there is like the bedroom scene with Jessica and Duncan and like the hallway cuts, I could kind of see like Giallo vibes from that because of just the specific lighting. And the whole, um, just like not explaining what's going on and the the threesome. But we didn't get like a, you know, a hit woman in this. What's going on about that? (laughs) That's true. Um, Well, what did discounting the death of the one girl in the uh, antique shop. She got hit? How did she die? Or did, was she... Oh, no. You're talking about the coffin, right? I'm not talking about anything. What are you talking about? No, no, no. But the... No, no, no. When you said the four kills, it went... Oh. Was the second kill of the girl, was that not in the antique shop or was that in the coffin? Um, I don't know where she got killed, but... She just wound up dead. Yeah, inside the house, I think, when all those people were there, and like she like kind of rolls out of a coffin in the house when oh, he's coming down the stairs. Fucking... Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm I'm lost for whatever reason. I thought when we went from like uh, Dorker to the chick that died or like wound up dead in the coffin, I thought that was all in like the same area. So we only get Duncan as like a on screen kill. Yeah, pretty much. Damn. Um, okay. All the rest, those those last three are all at the like the last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Because we find out about the knife slit when Jessica's running on the stairs and Woody on the tractor, like within, like right one after the another. Um, in the film, Jessica's pet is supposed to be a mole. However, the production crew could not locate an actual mole for filming. The animal shown instead is a field mouse. That's why the mole is hardly shown on screen at all. Yeah, I don't know why they called it a mole. I was like, that's a fucking mouse, dude. Yeah. That was weird. That was really jarring to me. Like, out of all things, that was the most, I think, that I felt jarring. Maybe they just thought they could, like... Get away uh, with it? Yeah, confuse city folk. Like, oh, that's what a mole is? Looks like a mouse. Oh, that's a funny little creature. Uh, The lake sequences were filmed in autumn, so the water was very cold for the actors. Damn, that'd be freezing. Connecticut yeah, yeah, in autumn. Fuck. That's why specifically in autumn, just to make the water cold. I think it's just to get that cool autumn look. Okay. Um, composer Orville Storber was paid with a new guitar for writing and performing the music score. Damn, you got kind of robbed. That'd be a nice guitar <laughs> for all that music that makes the movie. The gravestone and summary of Venture Smith that Jessica quotes and does a rubbing of in the film is in fact a real grave. Its location mm-hmm. is in a cemetery in Haddam, Connecticut. Uh, the musical instrument that Emily plays is a type of European mandolin called a lute. Oh, you know about that. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Fucking Bringing it back bard. to that. <laughs> Playing the lute. 
Or do you play the skin flute? I forget. Oh, Who? God. Or do you play the skin flute? Who? You, Me? dude. Dude, no skin on my Oh, leg. shit, dude. The tractor found in the barn is a Massey Ferguson 65 diesel Matic. Yo! It's made from 1957 to 1965 in the US and the UK. That actually probably is, and I only know this because I saw the budget went to. I saw like this reselling show on Netflix. And when I saw that tractor in the movie, I was like, I bet that shit is like a collector's tractor. Because I see people nerd out on that reselling show about tractors, (laughs) like old ass (laughs) tractors. Yes, dude. And like these people are like, I'm not a tractor head, I guess. I don't know. Me neither, but these people are like autists <laughs> about it. They show up, they're like, dude, that's a, that's a fucking 63 powered train diesel Matic. I, I see like the light of your eyes like glistening right now. You seem very engaged in this tractor talk. Bro, tractor's a whole nother world, dude. Yo, can Collectible. you give, me a, give, give a name shout out again to that tractor? What model is it? Oh, you're talking about the Massey Ferguson 65 diesel Matic? Massey Ferguson 65 diesel Matic. You don't know that, dude. Nah, I I mean, I guess not, dude. I grew up in a different tractor generation, bro. You know, a lot like trains get all the clout for they do, right? For like like, hobbies and shit and autistic people, you know, like knowing every model and shit. But there's a whole the South is getting really robbed on like there's a whole fucking subculture of autistic tractor people, man. That just ain't getting autistic, dude. Ain't getting no love. I'm trying to see if build a tractor. What? Can you build a tractor, bro? People like refurbish the shit out of them and make them look like new and shiny. They're like collectibles. They have like fucking showrooms for them and stuff, dude. I kind of want to look up how much a tractor goes for now. I'm trying to look up this specific. Well, dude, there's a (laughs) billion different types. You just wait. Forty one bids. I want to. Huh? This one had 41 bids. What was it? Oh, it won't show me. Damn. <laughs> this I just looked up this one. It had 41 bids, the one I'm talking about. The Massey. It won't show you the bid count? It shows me there were 68 bids, but or 41 bids, or whatever, but it didn't say the price. Oh. Damn it. Oh, maybe if I go on shopping. I got to know, dude. This is, this is collectible. <laughs> Come on, it's got to be on. Wait, $30? No, I can't. <laughs> That's probably thirty fucking dollars, bro. Just a diecast version of it's one hundred and sixty, bro. If they got diecast versions of it, you know this shit is expensive. What the fuck, bro? You can't even find any for sale, dude. Oh, that's just the owner's manual is thirty bucks, bro. That shit is rare as fuck. (laughs) Anyways, I knew you'd like that one. Dude, I'll be dead ass. I looked up tractors and the fucking third image I got is literally antique tractors through the years. Love to know antiques.com. You literally look at tractors? And it, yeah, and the third image leads me to like an antique tractors like wiki page. Yeah, but do you know how many tractors there are? The Massey Ferguson, bro. Oh, shit. Massey Ferguson actually began as a Massey Harris, a manufacturing company that didn't begin producing tractors under the food demands of World War I, put their market position at risk. Thus, Massey Harris began making tractors using another company's designs. Unlike many of the other businesses during the Great Depression, Massey Harris thrived under Ford's declining sales and its acquisition of the J.I. Case Plow Works Company to make it a leading tractor manufacturer. 
Its first in-house tractor titled The General Purpose was released in 1930 and established the company in its own right. They acquired the Ferguson Brown Company in 1936 and changed their name to the Massey Ferguson Company in 1953. So is it like the Nintendo Switch of uh, tractors? <laughs> nah, dude. It's, it's, it's more like the PlayStation 3 to the Xbox 360 where... Oh, okay. Or no, 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 no. I, I'm so sorry. Not the PlayStation 3 to the Xbox. It's the PlayStation 4 to the Xbox One. Okay. I was where, trying to put it in Gen Z terms, so that helped. Yeah, no, because, you know, like, Massey Ferguson was Massey Harris, you know, PlayStation 3 form, while, you know, you had Ford being at, like, their highest back then, you Just know, being on their success. Then when the Great Depression broke out, Massey Ferguson came in PS4. Ford started losing its sales, dude. <laughs> Xbox One. And Bro, boom. We should make this a tractor pod. Yo, dude. Fuck horror. <laughs> there, there is like a fucking timeline sequence that says the big three. Oh, shit. <sighs> is Massey Ferguson one of the big three? Let me see here. Uh, These big three. Tra- oh, well, yeah, yeah. It was Massey Ferguson, J.I. Case Company, and then... Oliver Corporation. I actually do have a way more interesting fact, though. That I just saw. Yo, I. How much money do you want to put on that? It actually how is pretty money? good. It's okay. Probably the only legitimately interesting one, unless you're super into <laughs> tractors. Um, director John Hancock got the directing job for the film Jaws Two, in 1978. Put it down. Um, based on the frightening lake scene where Jessica discovers the woman in white underwater. Which is definitely probably the scariest part of the movie. But he mm-hmm. was later fired from that job, so he didn't actually direct Jaws 2. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> Damn, I mean, yeah. maybe he was just spitting about tractors and everyone's here like, we need a fucking... Dude, in the ocean, what's a tractor going to do? Yeah, because I, I actually like the way he was going. He's like, we're going to put Jaws on a tractor and have him roll in so he can actually get some land kills. And then like... <laughs> All the producers were like, no, not like this. No, not like this. Not like this. I see it. This is wrong. Nothing I can do. He's got to run his course now. I think that was the best fucking segue you've ever had. Hell yeah, dude. I'm getting that better, man. Fucking great. Cyber Jaws coming in on tractor, getting <laughs> some land kills. Fuck what me. could have been, man? What could have been, really? That's I mean, one of those crazy alternate timelines. I really want a day to come where Jaws enthusiasts and tractor enthusiasts come together to create the real Jaws 2, a retelling. Yeah, it could be like because uh, you wouldn't need Sharknado anymore. It could be like Shark Attractor or Sharky Ferguson and he only rides Massey Ferguson's. But in that timeline, it's only it was always called Sharky Ferguson. <laughs> because of the iconic Jaws incident back in uh, when was the first Jaws released? Like 70s. Before no. 78, yeah. Yeah, 78 sounds more right. No, 78 was the second one. Really? This is like 75. Oh, we gotta put John Carpenter on that, though, for the soundtrack. <laughs> well, it could crazy. be like half tractor, half shark, and like a shark, it always has to keep moving. 
and killing. How about like it yeah, runs on blood? It runs on hippie blood. Oh, dude, that's fucking. We we're like making gold over here, dude. We're finding some well crazy good shit. With this is a section where we usually talk about continuity and stuff, but like a lot of it. Well, I will say a lot of it gets credit for like them intentionally being misleading, have red herrings. But I think now looking into it, it's actually just because the script was rewritten and they left a bunch of that shit in. So yeah, right. It's like I think unintentionally all over the place. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could kind of you know deem as like a like a continuity just error or not even that but like realistically what's the point of emily just keeping them all alive she could have literally killed them all in their sleep or the thrill of the hunt. maybe i mean she likes maybe. getting that fucking adrenaline pumping so then she can have that adrenochrome in their blood <laughs> sure <laughs> any right, other yeah, questions I don't know, but i mean beyond that just like i don't know i feel like uh, Jessica had like plot armor because she was like autistic or something. She's just a bad bitch, dude. Trying to hold her down. It's true. Did you get? Uh, I know this is like off topic, but did you get like any bit of like lesbian vibes between them when they went up in the attic and then like when she's like putting on like sun lotion when they go to the lake again? Yeah, uh, I think. People were like people critics, so I don't even want to say people. Critics have written about that. That is like lesbian fear or something, lesbian like paranoia or something. Yeah, what? I think that that's more about like this, like the temptress, the seductress of the vampire, like the vampire, like yeah, seducing another innocent soul. If you, I don't know if they were the first one to do it, but. I mean, every other vampire movie after this does that, that like, you know, vampires are just, they go both ways. They're just sex fiends. Getting how they <laughs> can get sex it. Menaces, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel, but I, I thought, no, no I'm not even going to open that can of worms. I was going to say like, I thought vampires were always kind of those like, you know, like they tempt their victims into like feeling safe. Like they lure them in through like, False, falsehood, like falsehoods and shit like that, where they're just like, "Yeah, man, like invite me in for dinner." Yeah, but they always have that like sexual tension energy coming out of them. I think you'd be Twilight, bro. That did it first, man. Bro, this movie might have established that. I'm not sure. Wasn't Twilight a fan fiction of Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. I think. I thought it was uh or Fifty Shades of Grey. Huh? Or Fifty Shades was Fifty Sh- No. Oh, I'm retarded. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey was a fan fiction of Twilight. Yeah. And yeah, okay, never mind. Twilight was its uh its own original idea. Still gets compared to like fan fiction shitty garbage writing though. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck did you just say about Twilight, dude? I love it. And oh, it's so scary. Rich. It's I would watch this movie a thousand more. Oh, well, I can't even see that because I haven't seen Twilight. So, but I just already know I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, this uh, movie's. You I... know what though? When we're talking about the temptress side of it, 
you would think like before I knew she was a vampire, I was like, wow, the, the homeless drifter girl that's just shacked up in this place that they come into. You would think she'd be just part of the family. Yeah, but you thought she I thought she would just be down to bang, you know, that she's just like living wild and free, but she's like actually pretty conservative, like with Woody at least. Maybe Woody's just fucking Well, dude, yeah, that was like first night, dude. Like he just tried like going in. Yeah, but she she's trying to take it slow. Which was. already I was like, wow, she's pretty conservative for a homeless drifter. But <laughs> I mean, you have know, you met a didn't... lot of those in your day, dude? How would you know? You would just think, right? So she'd be down to just like she's just living day by day. You know what? You, you and know she what is, say, dude. She's not conservative. The rest of it, it's only with Woody. Like, what, dude? Woody just fucking gives off beta pheromones, dude, to that vampire. I guess, but like, dude, Woody fucks though, man. <laughs> Does he? He's so <laughs> obsessed with a fucking tractor, dude. They don't even <laughs> He's need a him. Tractor head, man. They don't even fucking need him on the track. They're like, why are you doing that? We're supposed to be enjoying ourselves. Or they're moving in. Like, no, dude, he's, he's raising them fucking apples, dude. Half the time we see Woody, he's on the fucking tractor. What are you yeah. doing? He just wants to ride that Massey Ferguson. See, this is literally the, the fucking stepping stone difference between like a Sigma male and a fucking beta that thinks he's an alpha. You know, uh, you fucking think like, oh, we waste this time uh, on that tractor that, all day. I know what you're saying. Apples. That's a very fine balance. It literally, it's either that <laughs> or just autistic. Like See? you're foregoing showers, talking to girls, fucking being a normal human being. He's probably skipping meals because he's so obsessed with the fucking tractor, dude. Come on, Woody. You're better than you this. The tractor is Jordan. It's the grind. It's a metaphor, dude. He's always on it. Whatever he's doing, seeding, I don't know, spring, deet, whatever he's doing, those crops, does he need to do them every fucking day? Yeah, dude. If you want some bo- like some real thick apples, man. If you want some juicy motherfuckers. I bet that's yeah, nothing. I bet that's them dead fucking grass. Dead weeds. No one's been tending to it for years. Fucking gotta Woody, start dude. Somewhere, man. You gotta start somewhere, dude. Woody's the one to start it, dude. He's fucking farmer LARPing while it's not LARPing when he's actually doing it, bro. He's He's doing nothing. Actually, dude, don't fucking say you know, that. it's not even I'm his gonna, name. I'm gonna fucking freak out. You got that fucking nickname Woody now lunch is cool because every time a tractor drive by pop a boner I'll just call him Woody <laughs> I mean dude say it as it is man yeah that's his origin but what of it and look where it got him dude fucking learn <laughs> at least don't got to get get it in before he got out this world you know what I'm saying <laughs> had to get it in before he got out that's right but I mean dude I mean sometimes you know he offered. She said no. So we respected that. He's like, you know what? Kill Back me to the tractor then. Back to the tractor. Because you know what, dude? Tractors will never say no. They always <laughs> they always welcome you on, man. They're always waiting for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly... That's the best way to put it, man. So, you know, you call it autism. I call it grind set. Just winning. Just, <laughs> I call it dubs, man. All right. Well, the ending, I mean... It's pretty uh it's cool. I guess it's a good ending cuz Jessica yeah. Jessica gets away, I'm guessing. I guess. I mean, but on, honestly by their choice though. Yeah, they just kind of let her linger there. She like drifts, but she's pretty close to the shoreline though, too. Like they just stand and watch and smile at her. If that really is just a lake though, like she's going to have to come back eventually, right? 
Well, she was trying to get to the other side, yeah, because there's a ferry separating that like uh, parcel of land. True. I'll, I'll, so I mean, then I want a sequel. Then, really, I mean, I will say honestly, <laughs> it couldn't work. It worked then because of how like obscure some movies. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna go off. Like it would have worked then, just because how movies back then like got a lot well, of traction. Yeah. So. They- pump out sequels but i feel like uh in hindsight the ending is pretty like eerie no there weren't sequels then like movies didn't get sequels especially horror movies jaws exorcist didn't the Hills exorcist 2 when did the exorcist 2 came out way later jaws probably would have been the first if they did do jaws 2 in 78 before uh the halloween and the I think Friday Jaws 13. 2 might have been like the first horror sequel. That sounds about right. Definitely it's so weird though because don't isn't Jaws a thriller more than a horror? Yeah, but during that time I would think it was dude. horror. For, it freaked me out when I was a kid and watched it. Yeah, dude. I, I feel like ages. Jaws definitely made was, everyone scared of the ocean. Yeah. I still can't swim in a pool. <laughs> yeah, I can't fucking <laughs> I have goggles on. on. Dude, I should have shark soap. I want to make there's no make sure there's no damn shark behind me. You know, but if I'm on that tractor though, bro, I know I'm safe. So <laughs> bring that butte disassembler reassembler back in that shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's that's all she wrote for the. I mean, I don't want to talk about any tropes or anything because some of these might have been the first time they were done. I don't know. The trendsetter, yeah. Everybody but Jessica. We got to send them back to whatever hell come from. Yup. On a Massey Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Can't you stop this? Can't you call it off? Nothing can call it off. But I'm going to send it back to whatever hell it come from. IMDb has it at a 6.4. People have rated it with a lot of ratings, like over 8,000. That's fucking high, dude. That's elevated horror rating level. At its best, at its peak, probably. Yeah, that's like amazing. But old movies do get so much more of a pass when it comes to ratings. Um, 36% tomato meter with only 11 critic reviews and a 50% even audience rating. With over a thousand ratings. Wow. Um, I have a little more before I read the reviews. It said the film received middling reviews from critics at the time it came out, with some remarking the atmosphere and performances, while others criticized um, the sparse and ambiguous narrative. Uh, though criticism of the film has been divided, it went on to attain a cult following, and some film scholars have drawn comparisons to Joseph Sheridan. Le Fanu's novel Carmilla, Carmilla, or Carmilla from 1871. And that's that weird writing credit on IMDb, which I don't know if that was added in later or what. Um, in 2006, the Chicago Film Critics Association pronounced Let's Scare Jessica to Death one of the scariest films ever made. Um, the film was difficult to obtain on home media formats for several decades, available only on VHS until 2006 when Paramount issued a DVD version. Uh, a Blu-ray was released by Screen Factory in January 2020. And I think that's the one 
the Blu-ray has a bunch of like added features and they go back to revisit the house and stuff. So yeah, just a little bit about the reception. Um, I mean, it's always interesting hearing about how like movies that were so exclusive to VHS like kind of get brought back. I'm always curious about how that process goes about too, like making DVDs and then Blu-rays. Like the whole remastering process of movies. Especially the older really, ones, the forgotten yeah. ones, you know. Yeah. Um, thankfully, there's a lot of companies now dedicated to, well, that one's Paramount, but a lot of companies have, are now dedicated to like getting the rights to these movies and doing Blu-ray releases of them. Um, I would kind of want to look into getting a VHS of this, but I bet it's so expensive. May I don't know, maybe. You might just be on the cusp of like a moderately priced VHS of this. What do you think is moderately priced? I'm going to guess before I look it up. What do you think is what it is? I'm going to say 300 to 400. That's moderately priced? Isn't Killer Clowns from Outer Space like 1,000? Well, yeah, like a mint condition, like original yeah. media release. But that's a rare one. Um, You can get an original Halloween VHS probably for... Probably for three hundred. No, I, I would say it's probably seventy-five to one fifty. Okay, so I mean, to me, that sounds like a light, like a good deal. That's expensive for a VG, VHS, though. Is it okay? I, I yeah. thought because I mean, Halloween. The reason why it's probably cheaper is because it was mass-produced, right? Um. Well, the original original one, yeah, but still, mm-hmm. there's like an original media release one, but all of it depends on like the condition. Which release yeah. it was. I could be lying though. The original Halloween might be like more expensive than that. I mean, you have way more knowledge in that field than I do. So I'd probably just go. I'm going to start. It sounds about right. I'm going to start taking pics of some and putting them on our Instagram just because I got cool ones. Oh, 150. I see this one right here. Oh, shit. And this okay. is VHS 91. Holy shit. 1991. What? Oh, but here's VHS 1984. $70. It might not be first release. Like the original original? The original might be 84 because when this movie came out, VHS VHS didn't come out to like, I want to say like 78 or 80. 78 sounds about right because well, Jaws 2 was 78, right? Yeah. Yeah, it might be 78. I, I don't know why. I feel like Jaws was one of the largest printings of VHS, right? For its I'm time. sure it was, but I don't think they had VHS when Jaws came out, but then, you know, they oh, started going the back. One, yeah. Um, what are you rating this, Riley? Well, Jordan, this is uh, uh it's going to be a little bit tricky. I mean, I don't hate the movie. It just took me a a bit to get engaged. Um, and honestly just talking about it definitely like elevated my score a little bit uh from what i was originally going to put it at um i mean for what it is and honestly the legacy it probably has to a lot of movies coming after its time uh is super commendable but i feel like what kind of kills it for me is how i want to say maybe the 40 minutes and I know it, it it's kind of important though too like the the slow pace the build up the tension like I see it's all there but for me I, I just wasn't 
fully with it. I wasn't really engaged until we get to that second half, which is kind of more towards the cusp of like, what, like 25 minutes to where shit goes down like quick. Uh, That's where I felt the most engaged and I really liked it. But I'd say for me, I'd probably just give this like a very flat, solid five out of 10. Wow, that's better than I thought. Yeah, I mean, my original score was going to be a, a four, but then I, you know, when we talked about it and everything, and I was like, yeah, no, I can definitely appreciate a lot of the stuff they that but they put into, and the fact that you made it super clear that it was like a vampire esque, you know, like movie. Then I'm like, oh my god, that makes way much more sense. Like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy or like I'm I wasn't thinking the right idea where it's like, yeah, they just kind of made up whatever like a cult ghost thing, and I was like, not into it. But well, what do you, what do you think about it? I almost wish they, not that I wish, but I think it's cool not even knowing about the vampire thing. But that does make mm-hmm. it make more sense. Um, I would say I was letting you deter me. I was actually gonna go down, but I'm gonna stick with what I came into it at, which was a six. Damn, I was gonna go down to five. But I'm like, no, I'm gonna stick to to what I originally had, mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be based off, you know, initial thoughts with no outside influence although looking it up actually gives me more respect for it um it's not like wow the best story or anything but something about it and i could be i'm biased like in the old movies but it's just i don't know like it was enjoyable but slow it's like it's very chill like it's not stressful or like heart pounding it's just like Mm. it's like very dreamlike like i saw one of the reviews that was saying like this is a movie that you would like wake up like 2 a.m. and it's really dark and you watch it and it's just like very like did that even happen this is like very I don't know just dreamy trippy yeah I'm all about like getting immersed into movies like that too but w- for whatever reason man I-, I think just the first impressions of like the ADR was just really rough like in- it, for-, for whatever reason just like the white noise and everything else about that like it really threw me off I'm like okay this is getting a little bit goofy like when they first kind of roll up into the town and like they go by a bunch of those old guys and like it it almost kind of threw me for a loop because i had no idea that like it was the old people talking to them in the car because all of the like the the levels of audio all sounded the same like they were all next to each other (laughs) and yeah and like there was a little bit of lack of like actual like you know car sounds or like you know any kind of like ambiance outside of just like forest.mp3 but you know that, like, I'm not it's gonna rural, like, man. Park. That's the rural life. <laughs> Quiet and you shit. You just don't I know mean, the silence. I'm a city boy. Yeah. See, I'd like slow. all that weird stuff, like the silence of it and the slowness. Not now. If you show me a movie from 2021 and it's like that, no, I will not like place, it. Though. Well, for some reason, I give it a huge pass if it's from like 1970 and it's slow. Like it just works so much. Yeah, more. it's like a time capsule of like, you know. I almost call it, yeah, I mean, like, just art back then. Like, whatever, like, they would create. Yeah. So. Agreed. Yeah, well, I definitely respect this movie a lot more now, talking about it. Jordan? I was going to say, is it going in the House of a Thousand Horrors? Honestly, I mean, you're going to be quite surprised. Uh, I think it has a place. I feel like, even though I don't necessarily... I, I didn't like it at first. I kind of had to warm up to it. I feel like it definitely earned its spot because there's definitely a lot of 
crazy detail in this that could totally seem like it inspired like all these other like countless horror movies after its time. Yeah, I mean from the historical perspective I would, but like I don't know if it makes the cut. Yeah, I mean but I could go either way. I yeah, I'm kind of like I'll let it in. I feel like it's earned it because it's kind of I feel like although it's not I, I I'm, I'm about to open no. up another can of worms. You know when like there's a cult movie that's just so big it doesn't feel like a cult classic anymore? Yeah. Like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Right. Like this one is a true like, I feel like yeah, this kind of is the top tier of like cult classic movies only because like I didn't see what other people saw that I can understand though that I'm like, oh okay, like I, I get it. This feels very culty already. So I feel like this is kind of like a masterwork for, you know, Hancock, you know? <laughs> this is a John entry, Hancock. Yeah, I mean, um, how many John Hancocks are we going to have in the house, man? Not many. You know, there's no other horror movies you could even consider. Um, So you're saying, yeah? I'm saying, yeah, but, you know, I, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be a fucking... A bitch. Oh no, dude. Fuck. Massey Ferguson. No, man. No. Well, that's a great bit. Like the tractor bit I could totally see being alive for a while. But uh no man. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, I'm actually faffing so fucking hard right now because I forgot uh not one of my favorite favorites, but a movie I really liked. Oh my god. A movie you really time. liked. Fuck it! Oh my god! Wait, I want to say like uh, I have my notes kill. on my phone of all the movies Riley really liked. I'm just yeah, gonna go man. one by one. Dude, uh, Lego Star Wars, even Lego Batman, Psycho Gorman, Psycho Gorman. Thank you. I don't know why the fuck that that just escaped my mind. You know, this is Uh-oh. yeah. I'm not gonna turn this into a Psycho Gorman situation. You know, where eh, well, doesn't make the cut. The fact that Psycho Gorman didn't make it in this one does. Then I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. But we can I mean, always it's still disrespectful. So you know you can't <laughs> add more dirt to a grave that's already filled. True. Um, so. You know what? I'll go. You know what? Just because you brought up that, I'll say yeah. Because <laughs> I think honestly, though, what does kind of make this movie is that you know after in hindsight you can then like re it has like rewatch value to it because then you can kind of pick up on all the small like hints that it gives you that like yeah vampires it's so yeah. obvious like I don't think I've ever actually had a movie in a while that genuinely. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on until after the fact, and then, like, hearing it, like, just literally said, like, yeah, it's a vampire movie. Yeah, but and, if like, we didn't look it up, we still wouldn't know. Would have been lost. You would have huh? just been like, what is this confusing ass shit? If we didn't look it up, we wouldn't know it's vampires. Oh, exactly. But, that, like, I've never had a movie like that, though, where I genuinely just didn't know. And then right. hearing it be like, yeah, no, it's a vampire movie. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, it makes <laughs> right. so much sense, right? Yeah, like, I feel like an idiot. So that that is, like, an achievement that I, I didn't expect. Like, it genuinely got me on that part. Yeah. I like, we'll put it in. I agree. So, I definitely agree I, with that. Got some variety now. Oh, yeah. Different <laughs> time frames, different air, different uh, genres. Well, no. I mean, all overarching <laughs> horror, but. Well, you know, you got thriller, you got horror. Yo. Thriller, horror. Wait, name more. Dude. No, name I'm more. I'm fucking throw something up in the air dude you want to hear what uh i got cooking for our next pick well i'll promote our stuff and then drop it drop it like a song. oh shit you're gonna promote now all right let's hear well, it. only because you're gonna give that you know i'll give you tit for tat you know i'll give you a favor you give okay. me a favor 
by telling me that, I'll give you a favor. Um, Shit. You can email us at house of 1000, the number horrors at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at house one K horrors. Um, that's pretty much all our stuff. Oh, um, and you can give us a one or five star review on please no two or fours. Like it just would kill us. None of that shit. Um, I don't even know what I think iTunes and maybe Spotify. I think CC mentioned you can rate. I don't even know if they matter, but sure. Um, yeah, and if you can leave a comment, talk about your favorite type of tractor. Uh, you know, ooh. all of our tractor heads out here listening to the pod, please like go in depth with your favorite kind of model. What year was the kind of highlight year? Articles, all tractors. Yeah, send yeah, us your please. collection, your models you got. Yeah, no, like, dude, next episode, I will be well-equipped with some tractor facts. Like, write it down in stone, Jordan. It's going to happen. I'll do that. You got well, deep cuts? I got tractor cuts. Oh, treads. Tread. Deep treads. Oh, tractor treads. <laughs> okay, hit us. What's, what's the next movie? Oh, dude, when you spoke about genres and variety, you know, I thought to myself that we only oh. have... Huh? Go ahead. <laughs> Dude, yo, you fucking mind wipe me. I thought like we stopped recording, yo, like take two, like shut that shit down. <laughs> fucking go. scared me. Okay, man. I'll set it we up. We only again. have What's the next three <laughs> fucking sci fi horror movies. Really? You count them? So, yeah, are you counting Leprechaun, Leprechaun in Space? Four. We have Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And we have The Void. The Void. Oh, okay. I'm with you. And so. I think I want to add a fourth one here. And this one seems pretty spicy, my guy. This one, I, I stumbled upon this actually while trying to look up. Uh, let's scare Jessica to death. It's called Prophecy from 79. Prophecy, okay. And it takes sci-fi a lot. I mean, you know, when you hear sci-fi, you think, you know, space, Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, just shit like that, you know what I mean? Very like galactic sci-fi. This Never is like gone. this is like real biological fucking apex predator shit, man. Biological warfare. <laughs> this is some damn well better, dude. I mean, this is a commentary on breaking Geneva Convention. Oh shit. So I won't spoil anything, dude. But have you seen I it? I saw no, I have not. I have oh, not okay. seen it yet. I have seen the poster oh, and I've yeah. seen a scene, like a like a JPEG of a scene that looks fucking wild. So I know I'm this excited. one, but I know nothing about it just because of the poster. Yeah, the poster looks pretty dope. It looks like it has leprechaun font, but that alien. <laughs> oh shit! You know what I mean? So is this a practical effects movie? You know what? I could not. I couldn't oh, tell okay. you that. You'd have to watch it yourself. I was wondering if that's why I've heard of it. Oh, I think it is. So, but yeah, I'm stoked. Cool. I'm glad yeah, we're doing yeah, some. A lot of this is a melting pot of all different stuff, dude. You're gonna see some Native American folklore, some sci-fi, you know, some real Jurassic Park shit, some squatching, some squatch, maybe, man. All right. Don't get your hopes too high now. We're sticking to the '70s. We are. Until next time. Until next time. I was going to accidentally leave the call instead of end recording. Leave, leave the chat, leave the call. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.